Good morning, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, my December podcast. Today, I will be going over a few scriptures with you. And today's topic is, or December's topic is, God whispers, God wants to talk with us. So as I was studying the word, God gave me this word, and I am going to share it with you. The first scripture that I'm going to go over is from Romans 12, 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and it reads, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 3, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God had dealt with every man a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us, whether prophecy let us prophecy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us minister. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation that he giveth. Let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. So, it's saying in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 through eight that we for one have to renew our minds okay we have to renew our minds and keep our minds like christ because when we put off the old man when we accepted jesus christ we put on a new man and one of the things that mentioned in romans is that the first thing that has to change is our minds why does our mind have to change because we've been thinking you know the old way of thinking things in the old way of doing things and God is trying to show us that where the mind goes the man follows so in order for us to live our best lives you know like people say nowadays oh I'm living my best life in order for us to live our best lives we have to first change our minds because if you put an old man in a new situation with the same old mind he's still gonna fail as if he failed before because his mind haven't changed but if you change a man's mind, you can put him in the same situation and then he'll succeed. Why? Because he got out in his mind first. You have to get your mind out first before you can get out of a situation that's not healthy, that's not good, you know, that's not Christ-like. So in order for us to do anything, we first have to change our mind and we have to take on a new mindset. And the only way that we can do that is to not conform to the world but we have to renew our minds in Christ. And the only way that we can do that is to pray and ask God through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ, to help us change our minds and to consciously think every day that I am going to think godly thoughts. I'm going to think on things that's pure. And it may take 10 years to actually get to a place 
where you're not as negative and you're not as, you know, uh, depressed and, and things like that. So in order for us to move forward in life, we have to first change our minds. And in order for us to really hear God whisper and to hear God talk to us the way that he wants it to be conveyed, we have to first get those negative thoughts out of our minds. Not that God can't talk to us and that he won't talk to us. But changing our minds and getting all of the, the static, and what I mean by static is things of the world, you know, thoughts of the world, you know, things that are negative. And in order for us to receive fully what God is saying to us, it's better if we change our minds because then we're better able to receive it to receive in our minds the revelations that God wants to give us. It's kind of like if we are walking down a block and we have something in our hand and someone says, hey, I want to give you this gift and your hands are full or partially full, you can't, really, you can't receive what they have for you because your hands are already full. So if your hands are empty, then you can receive the gift that the person wants to give to you. And it's kind of like, it, it's likened unto to God. Like when our minds are not full with junk, when we're not thinking negative thoughts because thoughts really do have an effect on your emotions and on your body. And I know that there are a lot of, you know, certified doctors who have studied this and who have, um, you know, written uh, articles and, and, and certified journal entries on this and, and, it's, and it's studied, you know, throughout school, you know, whether you're trying to be a doctor, a psychiatrist, whatever have you. A lot of these psychiatrists and doctors uh, and brain surgeons to tell you that your thoughts really do affect your emotions and your emotions and your thoughts affect your body. You know, if you hold on to unforgiveness, you wonder why, you know, your body's aching and, and you're, you're, you're failing um, at simple tasks in life is because it's your thoughts, you know. It really is your thoughts. You know, our thoughts and, and, and negative emotions can really make us sick. And that's why I love what it says here in Romans 12, chapter 12, verse 2 that to, for us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The only way that we can be transformed into, you know, who you are 2.0 is, is that you have to have to change your mind, okay? If you read God's word and you break every word down and it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if you want a different result if you want a different outcome you have to change your mind it's it's like you trying to do the same thing over and over wishing for a different result you're not going to get a different result in order for you to get a different result you have to do something different and if you want a better life you have to have a better mind okay so that's romans chapter 12 verse 2 change your thoughts from God is mad at me to God loves me. A lot of times we as Christians think that God is mad at us because we may have grown up in a church or we may have heard people say, you know, God doesn't like sin and he's, ooh, he's mad at you and, and you know, things of that nature. And we, we take on those thoughts that God doesn't love us if we're not performing our best. And that's not true. God loves us regardless of what we're doing. And the Bible says that if you want to make your bed in heaven, God is going to be with you. If you want to make your bed in hell, God is going to be with you. 
God loves us so much that he will be with us and give us the freedom to make our beds in hell if that's what we choose to. He's still going to love us. It's just that he's just going to love us from a different place. So don't let the world tell you that God is mad at you. You know, God is disappointed in you. God can't be disappointed in us because he is the, the infinite God. He knows everything. He knew everything before we would even be born. So there's no such thing as, oh, God is disappointed in us. Disappointment means that you expected something to be great or you expected something to be one way and it was a complete opposite of what you hoped for. So therefore, God cannot be disappointed in us because he already knew that we would do such and such and, you know, whatever it is that we've done, you know. So there's no way that God can be disappointed in us and, you know, mad at us and to the point to where God is going to take his love away. That's not accurate. So we have to transform our minds like Romans 12 uh, verse 2 says, we have to transform our minds as Christians to stop thinking that God is mad at us. God loves us. If we can just repeat that every single day and get the revelation that God loves us, that he called us into existence, like, just think about it. Why would God be mad at us and disappointed in us, but still breathe life into us every day, telling us to move on and to, to you know, finish his work? You know, that's like an oxymoron. That's such an irony. So we just have to stop taking on the thoughts and the negativity of those around us. And we have to start getting with God to get his revelation on what he feels and what he thinks about certain things. Because a lot of times we just pick up a lot of these cliches that you hear in a church. And a lot of times, if you really think about what you're, you're repeating that other people say and what other people do, really a lot of what they say cliche wise has no substance behind it you're just being a you know a church robot or a christian robot and you're taking on the sayings of other people and you're not really giving thought and paying attention to what it is that you're repeating it may sound right and it may sound logical but if it's not of god then we have to start repeating those things i remember i forgot what it was that um I was about to post to Instagram, but it was something that someone had said and um, and, it, and it wasn't from like a minister or anything, but it was something that it seemed positive at the time. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Let me just repost that to, you know, Instagram. And then the Holy Spirit stopped me. And then I really read it for what it was. And I saw how it may have sounded right, but it's it's deception. Like it, if you read between the words, it really wasn't. It really wasn't a positive quote. It it had a it um an irony to it, and so I didn't post it. And I thought to myself, how I posted things in the past, and from from things that sounded very positive, very you know in your face, and you know you know, getting your grind on, things like that. And I would post those things, you know, not in a nasty, negative way, but you know what I mean? Like when people post stuff, you know, from like rappers or, you know, um, celebrities online and we just repost what they post, but we really don't give thought to what they're saying. And I've done that in the past. And if I was to go back and, and we read a lot of things that I posted, things that were like cliche-ish, if God was to give me a revelation for those things, I would then see, oh, I would now see that then at the time it sounded good 
and it sound positive, but a lot of these quotes that people be quoting and things that we repeat automatically just because another, you know, Christian or sister and brother in Christ repeats it, it doesn't mean that it's right and it doesn't mean that it has any substance. We have to get into the mind that we have a mind of our own. You know, we have the mind of Christ. Like, we we were created not to become robots. Like, we have the relationship and a connection with God to sit down and think, okay, God, what does this mean? What what am I saying? What am I understanding? You know, what is the revelation that you want to give to me about this? And if we get into that mindset that, you know, we can think of things on our own, we can get revelation of things on our own. We we have a right to question things, you know, and it even says in the Bible, you know, when people are giving you scriptures, you know, test what it is that they're giving you. You know, read the Bible for yourself. You know, get a revelation from yourself because the same revelation that they got from God, God can give it to you and the Holy Spirit can confirm that, yes, this is what this scripture means. You know, test certain things, you know, test, you know, what people what what, what people tell you just because they sit in a certain position and what they're saying doesn't mean that they're always correct. So, yes, we have to transform our lives by the renewing of our minds, but that also means that. We can't just let our minds be filled with just anything. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to change our minds from God is mad at me to God loves me because we have to get the revelation in our spirits that God isn't mad at us, that he loves us. And this is one of the ways that the devil gets us to be offended with God is is that he tries to tempt us to think that God is mad at us or you know God doesn't forgive us and we take on those those thoughts in the in the in that perception and it keeps us from our walk with Christ fully as it should be if we have to repeat if we have to repeat these phrases every day in our lives in order to get the revelation then fine so be it We've been repeating so much junk from the world, from, you know, our parents, from our sisters, from our friends, from the movies we watch to the books we read for years and years and years and years and years. You know, we've been accumulating things over the years that has been shaping who we are. And we don't realize that the negative thoughts that we tell ourselves, you know, God is mad at us, you know, God doesn't love us, you know, God has disappointed us. The reason why he didn't answer our prayers is because we're not good enough. You know, we'll never succeed. We, we'll never get the degree. We'll never get the car paid off. We'll never get out of debt. You know, we'll, we'll never get physically fit. You know, we'll never get over this disease or, or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're thinking that is negative and God gave me a revelation about this. When we repeat negative thoughts to ourselves, when we don't fellowship with God daily, when we don't read God's word daily, when we're not in his word, reading and getting revelation and knowledge from him and, and fellowshipping with God, you know, through prayer, through spending time with him, that quiet time, God told me that when we, when we, neglect God, when we neglect his word, when we repeat negative thoughts, you know, to ourselves for years and years and years, when we don't take care of ourselves like we should physically and eating healthy, 
spiritually. We're not fellowshipping with God. We're not reading his word. Things like that. God told me that this is abuse. If we was in a relationship and how we treated ourselves and how we treat God, if we was in a relationship with our significant other, with a person that we was married with, if they treated us exactly how we treated ourselves and how we treat God and the things that we say to ourselves, if they said everything that we said to ourselves out loud, that would be physical abuse. That would be emotional abuse. That would be spiritual abuse. It would be neglect because we're neglecting ourselves spiritually and physically and mentally and emotionally by not fellowshipping with God, by not exercising, by not eating right, by not reading God's word, by not renewing our minds and saying that instead of saying that we're stupid, we're smart. You know, instead of saying that, you know, man, we always get this wrong, say next time I'm going to get it right. You know, instead of saying, oh, I know I wasn't going to make a good grade on this exam, say I did the best I could and I'm going to do better next time. We have to start getting out of this pit and this black hole and this gutter that we've been putting ourselves in as Christians. Abusing ourselves is not fun. And when we truly look at it that way, and I hope that when you're listening to this podcast, I hope that God reveals to you what he had revealed to me about us abusing ourselves and you may be thinking oh no I'm not doing that but if you took yourself and made a double and made it the opposite sex and you was in a relationship a close relationship and the reason why I'm using a close relationship is because we have a relationship with ourselves we are intimate with ourselves we are supposed to be intimate with God so that's why I'm not using just a friend I'm using the opposite sex someone who you're supposed to be in in deep intimacy and deep relationship with so that you can get what I'm saying. So take you who you are, make a double, make it the opposite sex. And the thoughts that you repeat to yourself, if they repeated it to you, the how, how you don't fellowship with God, how you don't read his word every day, just take that person in and... Have them, like, just imagine them not fellowship with you every day. Imagine them not talking to you every day. Imagine them, you know, getting up every morning, going, doing their own thing, and not even saying good morning to you, not kissing you, you know, uh, good night, or saying that I love you. If you took yourself and put it in a double and made it the opposite sex and how we repeat things to ourselves, how we treat God, how we treat ourselves, we would be so sad and so depressed because we're thinking, man, all I want to do is love this person. And that's the same thing that God is saying to us. Is All God is saying that is all he wants to do is to whisper love to us. And, and to whisper into, and all he wants to do is to talk with us. Because like I've always said, and I always say this, God is the greatest communicator. Now, if God is the greatest communicator, God is God always wants to communicate with us. He always wants to fellowship with us. And to to just love on us, this is why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, upon this earth to die for our sins and to take our place is because he wanted that relationship with us back. He wanted that intimacy because if you really study the Bible, and you don't have to be a scholar, but if you really study the Bible and you read um, between the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, 
Malachi is the last chapter, the last book in the Old Testament before you get to the New Testament, you know, which is St. Matthew's. There was a 400-year gap to where God was just silent. And that is scary to think that God was silent for about 400 years. That's, to me, that's devastating. For 400 years, that's, that's about four or five generations to where God didn't say nothing. And that's unusual for God because if you look throughout all the, the Old Testament up into Malachi and then from the New Testament all the way even after Jesus resurrected, all God did was talk to us. All he did was guide us and love us and lead us to the path of righteousness and to victories and to things that he wanted us to accomplish on this earth until he calls us home. So God is a great communicator. God wants to love on us. He wants to talk with us. He wants to fellowship with us. And he just wants us to fellowship with him. And he wants to guide and direct our lives as his children, as his own and yes, God is a jealous God, not in an insecure way, but God is, God is a jealous God because he said that there should be no other God before him. And when we don't do what it is that God wants us to, to, to do, when we don't fellowship with him like we're supposed to when we're getting up in the morning and we're looking at social media before we can even look at God or say, God, thank you, we're putting the world before God. When we fellowship with God, we will we'll 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 feel stronger, we'll feel we will feel more powerful, we will feel more anointed when we fellowship with God because it's it's God exchanging who he is with us and reading God's word, praying, you know, being sustained by you know, by our Father and when we fellowship with God, other people should be able to see it. You know, when we start loving on ourselves, you know, through Jesus Christ, when we start fellowshipping with God, when we start walking more like Christ, and, and, and a lot of this is going to take some time. Like, a lot of this isn't going to happen overnight. You know, we're, we're, we're not, even though we're used to, like, the microwave, you know, generation of things to where we, we don't want to wait 10 to 15 years for god to bring his word to pass there are certain things that we're just gonna have to wait you know wait on god and we're not gonna be perfect christians overnight or you know in a few days but if you take it step by step day by day in five years in a year you'll be better than who you were the year before five years ago so learn to be patient with yourself you know we should learn how to be patient with ourselves as christians because that's part of us loving ourselves. You know, we spent so many years repeating negative things, uh, allowing people to to walk in and out of our lives, to not live, you know, the Christian life, you know, completely right. So we're going to have to give the same time that we gave to the world, that we gave living in sin. We're going to have to give the same time and more to God 
to, to bring us back to a place of wholeness. We're going to have to give God that same time, that same patience, you know, that same zeal, that same enthusiasm to say, you know what, I know it's going to get better. You know, I'm, I know I'm going to be a lot better than what I used to be. I'm going to give God the same time that I gave the world to take care of me and to love on me. When we fellowship and walk with God, people should should be able to see that, man, there's something different about her. There's something different about him. When we fellowship with God like like how we're supposed to, like anybody shouldn't just be able to walk up to us, and that's including the devil. If you if you remember in the New Testament, you know, how Paul and Peter walked around and, and how... Um, you know, some of the disciples walked around. Some of them walked around and, and it did tell you in the New Testament that the devil knew who they were. And even when Jesus walked around, the, 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 the devil knew who Jesus was. And even in one of the parts in the, in the New Testament, it said that, you know, one of, you know, one of the guys who had an evil spirit, he said to Jesus, please do not trouble me, you know, et cetera, et cetera, because he, even demons tremble at the name of Jesus. You know, we should be able to, we should, our walk with Christ should be so strong that anybody shouldn't be able to walk up to us. The devil shouldn't be able to, you know, be able to work through certain people to do what it is that he does because we should just be so full on and full on with God that people should just look at us and go, you know what, I'm not going to mess with this person, you know. And there's a difference between that and, and, uh, God allowing certain tests and certain tribulations to happen, but I just mean every normal, everyday, you know, life, you know, things that are, you know, when we, we wonder why we attract certain people, certain things, you know, and we wonder why, why do these type of people keep coming towards me? That's when we have to figure out, okay, we're the common denominator. Look at ourselves on the inside and see why do we keep attracting certain type of people or certain group of people, you know, and if you go back to what I said earlier, a few minutes ago, that when we don't fellowship with God, when we don't read God's word, when we don't allow God to love on us, when we keep repeating things that, that are negative over the years, whether our parents said it, whether our siblings said it, whether we heard it in church, when we repeat things that are negative and that are, that are not right and that are not of God, you have all of that junk going on on the inside of you, and we are who we attract, and it's so true. You know, I don't care what you call it, but we do attract who we are really on the inside, and it's 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 a fact. You can test it. You can prove it. So if we keep attracting certain type of people, we have to ask ourselves, what is going on on the inside, and we have to be strong enough. And we have to be mature enough as Christians to get with God and say, okay, God, why do I keep attracting these type of people? Why do this, why do X, Y, and Z keep always happening? And God is going to be more than willing to sit down with you through reading his word, through fellowship, through prayer, even through fasting. You know, God may show you some generational curses that you need to break through prayer and fasting as to why you keep attracting certain situations in your life. Because God is trying to show you, you need to break this generational, generational curse. And as a child of God, you need to grow and you need to develop and you need to become stronger. And you really need to start wearing the full armor of God. So there's nothing wrong with ask, asking God questions. You know, as children, God wants us to ask him questions. Not questioning his authority and his abilities, but 
questioning just things in life and, and saying, okay, God, show me what it is that I need to see. You know, God loves that. God loves when we sit down and ask him questions. God loves to sit there and talk to us and, and to love on us and to just show us this is what's wrong with you. This is what you keep doing. This is why you keep doing what you keep doing, you know. Because God wants us to be whole. God doesn't want us to be broken and broke down and beat up. And he doesn't want to see us keep, you know, getting defeated by the enemy when he already sent Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ already took the keys to the gates of hell. And Jesus Christ already defeated the enemy. You know, God doesn't want us to sit up here and keep being defeated by by an enemy who, in reality, he already lost. He'd been lost. So why do we keep losing to an enemy who already lost. You understand what I'm saying? That's that's like an irony and an oxymoron. You understand? So once we develop our our Christian our Christian walk with Christ and we start walking deeper in God, we'll start slowly tearing down those walls, tearing down those those brokenness, those getting rid of the debris that was left over from you know, abusive relationship of toxic relationships. We'll start cleaning up our lives and God will start cleaning up our lives and making us better. You now you're gonna be, you know, uh, you know, a Paula two point or a, a a Brittany two point You're not gonna be that that broke down person who people associated you with. You understand what I'm saying? As we are Going into 2019, we are in December. It is December 2nd. As we are going into 2019, we need to end 2018 on a strong note. And here are some of the things that I challenge you with and I challenge myself with. As we're ending 2018, read the word of God more. You know, uh, that's, that's a must. Read the word of God more. Fellowship with God more. Spending more time with him in prayer. Cover others in prayer as well. You know, be that shield, be that protection. Love covers sin. Forgive. We have to forgive ourselves first. A lot of times, you know, as Christians, we talk about forgiveness and we talk about loving others. But hardly do we talk about forgiving ourselves first. Okay, forgive ourselves first. Let God love us, love on us. Then forgive other people. And if we have to ask God to show us, you know, who we're mad at and why, then we have to ask that. And we also even have to ask God if we're mad at him. Because as Christians, you know, there's not one Christian on there's not one Christian on this earth who have not been disappointed in God at some point. And whether, you know, we've forgiven knowledgeably or whether we haven't, we have to be mature enough as Christians, as children of God, to say, God, please show me if I'm offended in you or if I'm disappointed in you. Because when we're deceived by the enemy, a lot of times there are things and offenses that we hold on to in our hearts that we don't even know that we're offended. We don't even know that we've been deceived into holding on to offenses. So in order to have a stronger walk with God, we first have to break down that wall and ask God, are we offended with him? And to forgive ourselves for being mad at God because he's our father. God isn't going to do anything to hurt us. 
So go into 2019 and finish 2018 on a strong note with forgiving ourselves, forgiving others, forgiving God, and for God to, to love on us and for us to ask God for forgiveness for even having the audacity to be mad with him, to be disappointed in him. And this is how the devil deceives us and, and get, off, get, get us off course. And when we're off course, when we when we get off course with God, and when we're offended with Him, that's one of the greatest deception that the enemy can throw our way. Because what better way to throw us off course than to get us to be offended with the only person who can help us? You know. So in two thousand eighteen and going two thousand nineteen on a strong note by by forgiving and opening up our Christian walk with God. For it to be a lot better, to be a lot stronger, because I strongly believe that love and forgiveness is like the number one foundation for us as Christians in order to move on. Like forgiveness and love and covering, covering even ourselves in love and covering other people in love and forgiving. I think that that's like the number one foundation to get us to move forward. Because when we are stuck in unforgiveness, when we are stuck in offenses. That hinders our walk with Christ. And I'm going to read uh, a few verses to show you what I mean. To show you what um, I'm trying to say. So I'm going to read from Luke chapter 23 verses 32 to 34. But the focus scripture is verse 34. verse 32 to 34 and there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death now this is jesus uh, on a cross okay and when they were come to the place which is called calvary there they crucified him and the malefactors one on the right and one hand and the other on the left then jesus then said jesus Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they parted his raiment and cast lots. Now, Jesus was hanging on the cross, and he was being crucified. Now, by the time, if you've read the Bible before, if, you, if you've seen um, Mel Gibson's uh, The Passion of the Christ, the movie, you'll know that by the time they actually put Jesus on the cross and hung him on the cross, they already had uh, physically abused him. You know, he was he was beaten really, really bad. So Jesus was already physically abused, hurt, you know, beat up very, very terribly. And when he was on a cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, when I read this, I don't care how many times you read this scripture and we already we you know, we know this, you know, it's, it's like one of those head knowledge things. You know, if not um, a, a spiritual re- revelation from God, we all we all we are all familiar with the scripture. But every time I read it, there's, there's such passion in it, and this is just a prime example of love covering sin. Even as they abused, you know, Jesus, his love was so strong 
for us that he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus was talking to God, you know, our Father, to pardon their sins, even in death, even as Jesus was dying. Jesus said, God, please pardon their sins and forgive them because they know not what they do. Like, that's the prime example of true love. So when when the devil fights us to get us to be offended at God and to be disappointed in God and and for us to be be unforgiveness, you know, unforgiven towards God and for us to harden our hearts, this is what we're walking away from. This is the prime like this, this man, let me tell you, Jesus' love for us is so strong and so so unconditional. This is a prime example of unconditional love. Like, even in death, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know, one of the last things that that Jesus displayed before he died was love. He didn't display hate. You know, Jesus said, Father, please forgive them. Jesus was even then being an intercessor between God and us being punished for sin for, for eternity. You know, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Like, this is the greatest love that we can see being displayed. So, I pray that as we are ending 2018, going into 2019, that, you know, our love walk is stronger. Number one, we have to forgive and forgive ourselves. Forgive God and ask God to show us if there's anything that we are offended in Him. And to ask God for, you know, His forgiveness to love others and keep them covered in prayer and to keep ourselves covered in prayer, to fellowship with God more, to read to read God's word more and spending time in prayer. And like I said before, if if you have to spend time fasting, then spend time fasting because that's gonna help us not only break generational curses, but that's also gonna gonna strengthen our int- intimacy with God and it's gonna get us a lot closer to God than what we were before because we're denying our flesh. We're denying, you know, the things of the world to be closer to God and and, and that speaks volumes and that that weighs a lot in in heaven and the spiritual realm. So I pray that you guys were blessed by this message and I just pray that you allow God to whisper his love to you, that you allow God to talk with you because God is the greatest communicator. God wants to love on us. He wants to fellowship with us. You know, he misses us. And that's why he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross. So that way we can we can be reunited with our father, our heavenly father. And that speaks volumes. If you don't think that God loves you, just think about all the things that Jesus did while he was on this earth. Just think about the reason that why he died. And if you have to read, you know, St. Luke, you know, chapter 23, verses 30, you know, verse 34, over and over and over and over until the Holy Ghost, you know, puts a fire in you to to just be on fire for God and to love and to, and to have that seal to where there's no devil in hell, there's nobody on this earth that can say anything that can get you to be offended at God, to get you to walk away, you know, from the faith. I pray that you go into 2019 and finish off 2018 strong. I pray that we can all 
grow as Christians a lot deeper and a lot and, and, and more strong and a lot better because everything that we do in Christ should be for the glory of the Lord and for us to just be on one accord. So I pray that you all were blessed by this message and I hope you enjoyed this month's podcast. God bless you all. Talk to you later.